0: When I intro the show, did I even say my name? I'm, I'm almost worried. I don't I didn't. know
1: if you did, yeah.
0: Oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, hey, this is, is <laughs> hopefully not your first time listening to this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, Philip Elke, uh, host of the podcast. Hey, welcome to the podcast: conversations about animation. This is a bit of a I don't know, different type of show, but I don't know, kind of appropriate to some of the origins and theming of the podcast uh, with our uh, name and logo, etc. Um, this podcast was sort of originally conceived as like a, a tribute to a certain movie we're going to be talking about today. And joining me to do just that, it's uh, Laura Akal. How are you today, Laura?
1: Hello, it's good to be here. Good to talk about some Frozen. I'm very excited.
0: (laughs) Wait, what? It's been (laughs) 10 years. It's Uh, unbelievable. (laughs) Yeah, so I don't know. It's kind of an emergency mini episode where we, uh, or I realized that it's uh nearly 10 years since the movie frozen came out Mm. um wow how time flies i guess i was officially reminded upon seeing a post from Kristen bell on instagram uh flashing back to the premiere i guess the uh, official uh los angeles premiere at the el capitan theater um in uh it was right around this time like uh the, maybe the 20th 21st of november i can't remember the, the precise date that they held it but um and then it was released to wide audiences um officially november 27th i believe of 2013 uh so yeah what, what do you, and you probably know way more laura <laughs> frankly about some of these trivial details um I don't know. Do you keep up with any of that social media?
1: Yeah, I've been seeing some of the um, retrospective posts from, you know, the core Frozen team, Um, as well as, I mean, news about Frozen futures, where we got like a three and a four on the way. Like, that's been kind of crazy to to think about as well. Um, So, yeah, I think it was like, yeah, they had the El Capitan premiere. I want to say it was like the 19th or something like that. And then Um, and I remember they had the face characters were unveiled like around that time as well they may have been at the premiere at the El Capitan but they were like doing meet and greets Um, and I mean it's crazy what everything has become now now there's Arendelle in Hong Kong Disneyland just opened like the world of Frozen it's yeah like it's it's so wild to think about just like how much has happened with the franchise in the past like 10 years like i'm still like wrapping my head around it it's it's a lot yeah
0: yeah entire lands you know of course attractions and i mean if they're developing okay yeah the hollywood california premiere was november 19th listed here uh man the i guess it had an earlier debut at the New York International Children's Film Festival, ah. November tenth. Uh, anyways, um, the um, what, what were we just mentioning? Uh, the sequels, back to back potentially. I mean, hey, uh, who doesn't love a uh, two movies kind of packaged together sort of uh, production? cycle <laughs> um, it seems to be
1: pretty popular in hollywood right now just the just long filming and then doing a, a part one or part two or something or or just like two films that are meant to kind of go together but then one one year and one another year so we'll see if that yeah. that continues on yeah
0: it's i don't know it, it often doesn't work out as well as you know it, it should on paper (laughs) because usually you know you maybe save a little bit of time um i know the the lord of the rings films were fairly successful they were at least able to all release one year apart but i know those were massive endeavors involving tons of reshoots and it it really you know i don't know there there are only certain things like that were filmed um from like say the third movie you know they they were kind of scheduling things um for all three films uh to be shot basically um kind of all throughout a single production schedule but a lot of that stuff for the later films had to end up like being reshot i think in, in pickups and yeah, uh, yeah, it was all. <laughs> I don't know. And then w- with the uh this latest, um, Spider-Man animated film trilogy so far, it's it's scheduled to be um the Spider Verse films. Like the uh the latest one was <laughs> basically it ended in a cliffhanger. It was kind of wild. Mm-hmm. Um, have you seen that, Laura?
1: I've been so, so behind. I know yeah. that's one I really need to watch just because I'm i so impressed whenever I see the animation come up. Like, I'll see the trailer or something. I'm like, this is such a cool way to tell this story. And I just, yeah, I'm just really intrigued by it. So, yeah, I definitely need to check it out.
0: Yeah, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Um, you know, was supposed to lead right into Spider-Man Beyond the Spider-Verse next year. But... um They've had some production difficulties, Mm. I know. And uh, there's a lot of crunch just to get this Across the Spider-Verse movie out on time. And so uh, (laughs) it might be a delay of at least a year before we see the immediate follow-up um so you know something like that for a, a frozen 3 and 4 you know could be possible you know it, it might not be yes yeah, as, as smooth sailing as you would hope but uh it is frozen where the, you know the the first two films easily um you know were oh, put over the billion dollar mark by a rabid fan base uh disney fans frozen fans musical lovers animation enthusiasts um so yeah i mean they they'll do whatever it takes to get that sweet cash
1: uh And uh, empire now, so it's like what, what now, what next? Yeah, always. What are they gonna do? Yeah, (laughs) yeah.
0: What is on the other
1: avenues can Frozen go down? Like this, yeah.
0: I, I mean, I'm all for. I, I would love to see, you know, a fully fledged, you know, fictional universe played out. I don't know, like
1: a Disney Plus series kind of a thing, where they like really delve into the, yeah, get, get into the lore a little bit more, yeah.
0: They, they can't keep the animation quality yeah. consistent on a Disney Plus series level. I mean, especially if they want it to be epic and, mm-hmm. you know, region spanning, globe trotting. I mean, I would love to see like and explore the whole kind of northern Europe, you know, kind of a, a fantastical version of uh mid 19th century northern europe um i don't really know to what extent it has been fleshed out already i know some there's like a podcast that's going on right now did you see anything about that
1: oh is it like uh what was her name there's this author who's been writing these books that i haven't yeah. been reading but i know that that's a thing that's out there and i would like to and take a look at it because she seems very very invested in it and she's really like wor- she works with disney and so like i don't know how canon it is but like they get into like a lot of lore stuff i want to say her name is maria something um and yeah, yeah I, I, so they might also have a podcast there
0: i mean yeah that. yeah there have been novels um and i saw something about a, a podcast i didn't really try listening to it i uh i just Okay, for, for uh, frozen forces of nature
1: mm, I see forces of nature, yeah, this author. I don't know if this is also her, but um Maria Mancuzzi, I believe that's her name. She's been writing these uh, books about um there's all has found the Frozen anthology, where there's like a bunch of authors included. and there's like Lori Langdon, who's written some little mermaid books and some other authors have all contributed to this and it's like a um a 10 years of frozen kind of retrospective book of all these different stories and different adventures that the characters have gone on which mm-hmm. i think is interesting i i'm just found finding out about this i'm looking through my mm-hmm. instagram like oh i didn't know that this particular book was out too i'm like i should put that on my list that would be a good one to read <laughs> but yeah that's oh my gosh, Yeah, there's just like so much going on. I feel like I'm so behind on things, but also like, it's really cool to kind of go back and remember kind of like where it all began and stuff. Like I was thinking of my like first like frozen memories. Like I was in high school at the time and I was so excited. I'm like, oh my God, we're going to have a Disney movie with not one, but two princesses is what yeah. it felt like at the time. We didn't know the whole story and everything. Um, and the way that they were marketing it too, it was very like, this is going to be like the new age of of Disney animation. Like it's very, um, you know, it, that was the vibe I was getting from the very beginning. I was like, this is going to be, this is going to be something big. Like I, I had a good feeling about it and it was funny too, because they weren't, they were keeping the plot fairly kind of at a minimum. And I also mm-hmm. wasn't trying to like seek it out as much. I really wanted to go into it as blind as possible i avoided let it go like as long as i possibly could (laughs) just because i was like i wanted to you know have it be fresh and whatnot um and there were some things i was not able to avoid unfortunately um but it was interesting um because i found out from other people and not from the marketing um hans was the one i was really bummed that i knew about that before going (laughs) into the film um but uh, to their credit the way that they marketed it it was like this is just another disney prince and we have the doll of him and we have this Mm -hmm. and he sings a song with the princess and isn't this lovely and like we have two couples here is what it felt like when they were (laughs) when they were promoting it. it was so interesting um and then of course it comes out and like this becomes this huge like bombshell of a moment um that really has impacted like a lot of the movies going forward with the whole like twist villain kind of thing um and like unexpected uses of of true love in disney movies and yeah i don't know that those are some of my earliest frozen memories i'd love to hear some of yours as well
0: okay um i i went in fairly blind uh i didn't see it until december 22nd 2013 a month later um yeah, and I I didn't know any of the twists or Let It Go. I, the first time I remember hearing it was in the movie theater. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah it was a pretty inauspicious occasion, uh, at least going into it. But the the movie had a profound impact on me just experiencing the uh, you know the film firsthand. So. I uh, definitely grew to, you know, love it and develop kind of a a special appreciation for uh, the work that goes into this type of thing. Um, And uh, like the, the power that, you know, these songs can have the animation can have um, just artistry um, kind of that, really is is such an extraordinary thing that gets put into i mean ultimately it's a uh you know product of a large corporation and everything that you know it's it's designed to to <laughs> to move the the brand um but you know it, they're they're people who really love what they do working on this stuff um and yeah i mean you can't question um you know the the power of these voices and and some of the messages that really kind of are are allowed to shine and and i mean just the concussiveness of it um, i think is what's really powerful um you got a lot of just very refined um talent that gets to to shine and um yeah just aesthetically it's something that um, that struck me, I, I mean, I guess a big part could be some of the cultural, um, kind of connection to Scandinavian, uh, iconography that I feel like is part of my heritage too, you know, that helps. Um, so yes, yeah, it's, it's pretty, uh, I don't know. I was just, uh, impressed with how, um, totally um agnostic I went into it and yet it was able to kind of um really I don't know uh really have uh significant impact um despite my having no anticipation really whatsoever um and and that was as someone who like was still in fairly invested in animation and like Pixar especially and and I really liked Wreck-It Ralph which had come out the year before so like I I had high hopes for the the films coming out of Disney animation at the time but nothing I saw from the trailers for Frozen you know made me think that this was going to be anything you know I I would have appreciated especially
1: (laughs) Oh sure yeah (laughs)
0: uh the I i i gotta I, I do wonder um you you mentioned couples too like mm. sure there are there are kind of two primary shipping uh you know couples i guess <laughs> contain and of course are they share one member of course anna yeah. and <laughs> christoph and anna and was that being marketed though in in a different light like was elsa being paired off with someone i feel like it was more of
1: a fan thing and like i think the fact that they had like the two male characters and the two female characters everyone kind of assumed like oh that's how this movie's gonna go but uh yeah (laughs) not the case
0: (laughs) (laughs) i don't know yeah maybe elsa's supposed to end up with the refined prince and and anna she's more disheveled so she or with the ice the...
1: harvester he seems <laughs> ice is his life well you know? you,
0: that would be more appropriate <laughs> con- considering yeah the uh the role but you know aesthetically like the you, you, first time you see grown up on or you know, one of the first times you see her she's got the crazy hair and it's just waking up after, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Was she out party? I mean, this is, these are the things. I, I, I wonder. Wish yeah. She's be. just,
1: she, maybe she just doesn't brush her hair. I'm like, that's relatable. I mean, my hair is a mess all the time. So me too. Anna.
0: <laughs> yeah. There, there's a lot, you know, of head scratcher um, kind of, fill in the blanks yourself kind of questions Mm. that that this film poses um like just how isolated are these girls just how um sequestered from each other are they it just doesn't make sense that they would have virtually no um contact you know considering they share a castle together or contact with the outside world like anna Mm -hmm. you'd think she'd be able to come and go from the castle even if people generally aren't allowed you know free access to the the castle grounds so like yeah would she sneak out and hit up the the local well uh go and party with the the townies (laughs) i don't know yeah it's it's a pretty small world uh, yeah, it's a small world that they build, uh, you know, for this little Arendelle community, this little fictional enclave of, of like what's supposed to be, you know, 1840s Norway, basically. Um, but I don't know, I, 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 the fact that you can just let your imagination run wild is part of what appeals to me with this. And like, I'd like to think there's like a whole Game of Thrones style. um I don't know world that's playing out in the background that you could tap into if you wanted to Um, all the different players at the time um, on the, on the world or the international intercontinental, you know, Sweden, Norway, perhaps these presumably
1: Eastern Western isles. Like how does that work out? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You could have some of the fictional, countries, uh, you know, intertwined with the uh, actual real historical oh, yeah. ones that are referenced. In, you know, there's the cookie, the, the, the giant, was a pastry baked oh, in the shape yeah. of Norway in, in that Christmas special. So, like, there is some actual his, historical accuracy that <laughs> goes into the the world um but yeah plenty of uh creative license as well that you know you could mix and match i don't know does that does that any of that stuff kind of i don't know does it factor into your fandom you know the expand you, you you've said you probably haven't been too into the expanded stuff which i haven't either i mean it's it's obviously targeted towards adolescent girls primarily so (laughs) it'd be right i was
1: like kind of just growing out of that when that kind of started to to take off um but it's all very interesting i mean especially as somebody who portrays these characters to some level you know like it's look it's fun to look at different sources and like see how people interpret these characters in other ways and be like oh is that what they would say or is this what might have happened during this stretch of time that went you know you never know so it's 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 cool to kind of hear about that um but yeah i i yeah it's it's fun thinking about these characters in other contexts and stuff too and um and one thing i mean that is always very striking about this story in general to me that always sticks with me is i mean i'm an older sister i'm one of just me and my younger sister i am a sucker for sister stories this and lilo and stitch are like some of my favorites for that and it's funny like my sister and i have kind of a kind of a strange relationship like we're very close mm. but also not like it's so hard to explain but this is a film that for the two of us has brought us like together a lot closer and um like we have certain traditions based on Frozen like um I, I did a project for school where we had to it was for AP psychology where we had to like surprise somebody with the unexpected um happiness sort of a project and I was like concocting a little, statue of Olaf in my room after we had seen the movie and I like didn't tell my sister I was doing this and then I just presented it to her one day and she still has it in her room which is very sweet and then we went to see like what was it five four years later or so went to see the next one Frozen 2 and I yeah I surprised her with a little broony which she also has made out of clay and we went to see that um on the premiere day and it's just yeah it's just a sweet little sister tradition and like a movie that has brought us closer together and is just, I, I love seeing that kind of relationship play out on the screens and that kind of the character development with the two sisters and how they grow to understand each other a little bit more and go to hear each other out a little bit more. And, you know, it's not perfect, but they work through it and, um and they kind of realize more about their past and whatnot. And it's just, I don't know. It's, it, it hits me. I, I love that aspect of it a lot. So, yeah. Uh,
0: Yeah. I think part of the appeal is some of the the sparseness of this and how you can really project onto their situation. Uh, Like I have a a younger brother. Uh, He's been on the podcast and uh, started off mostly talking to my brother about various topics and um yeah i mean i i you know could be pretty icy toward him too i mean Mm -hmm. some some people just uh don't have very active i don't know intimate relationships i guess with their family members um and sometimes you just let the time uh get away from you and just not engage, not interact. I mean, you, you'd you be surprised, I guess, how little sometimes that, that people um, really spend time with each other, uh, despite being, you know, technically, part of the same family, um, or in pro- close proximity. And like, I felt the same way, kind of I've always just been fairly emotionally distant from from the people around me just because I I don't know I've never fancied myself as a particularly emotionally expressive or sociable you know I've always been extremely introverted I guess uh throughout my life so like yeah it it was um kind of cool to see uh a story played out and, and a very simple but effective story where you know, some somebody, you know, was able to kind of reflect on, you know, her own um, distance, uh, despite, you know, a, uh, <laughs> you know, physical proximity of closeness, essentially, you know, but a closeness that was ultimately, you know, un, uh, untapped. Um, and yeah, just the, like the relief that comes from being able to, um, you know, to just <laughs> come come to terms with, um, you know, accepting the people around you, accepting yourself and just trusting, really taking a, a leap of faith, if you will.
1: Yeah, I mean, I... I love that the character of Elsa in particular is one that I know I can speak for myself and for, and I know other people have said for themselves too, a lot of people in the neurodivergent community can also Mm -hmm. really relate to aspects of her character, though she's not Mm -hmm. outwardly expressed to be one. It's just kind of the coding of the character is one where people identify with many aspects of her isolation, maybe her social anxiety, just kind of things that she ex- exhibits that you didn't really see in a main character particularly like a main like disney character and, and so like yeah it just was really cool to see something like that embraced and i know elsa's character went through a lot of journeys and development like she was going to be more kind of on the villain anti-hero side and was yeah. very kind of more extroverted quite honestly from what i saw in the initial and um, was really just kind of owning everything like <laughs> it was a very, very interesting yeah vibe, yeah more yeah. outward um but but i do like the direction that they took her in and that and especially that she can be a character that a lot of people can relate to like um i know when i do events and i meet little kids um dressed as elsa and they're really quiet and whatnot like it like it's you know, we can like, encourage that, like, it's it's not something to, like, be ashamed of, like, sometimes kids will feel kind of ashamed if they're really quiet towards characters and whatnot, but, like, we can be, like, you know, we all get that way sometimes, like, even even me, even my sister, like, you know, whatever it is in the case, and kids feel really validated by the fact that they don't have to be um, outwardly bubbly, even though I love characters like that, I love Anna, that she's one of my favorites, too, to get to portray when I get the chance, but, like, you know, it's it's showing that there's multiple ways to be your own kind of protagonist in life and um and you don't have to just be one particular way And that it's just yeah it's I, I like that a lot and there's there's lots to offer um with these characters it's particularly um now that they've kind of integrated into the musical theater world it's i'm seeing it now where um in the musical theater world a lot of people will be like are you an elphaba or a glinda and now i'm seeing, are you an elsa or an anna like it's very similar. Yeah. to the point where a lot of people have crossed over and done both those roles you've got obviously adina um mackenzie kurtz is a glinda slash anna so it's like it's funny seeing that dynamic go into to disney movies now and be kind of similar to musical theater and then beyond and i don't know it's it's something i it's, it's fun to see and fun to chat with people about and like see who people are most like not just vocally but also personality wise and um yeah. yeah I I it's it's interesting to me yeah
0: well I'm grateful you're willing to come on here and chat with me about it now. I mean honestly like I, I I totally fell in love with Frozen and it, I hold it you know in a very special place I mean critically as a film you know there's a lot that could be said but I don't know I, I mean, ultimately, probably what hit so hard about it was, you know, I was inadvertently walking into an hour and forty minute therapy session, pretty much <laughs> that I desperately fair, needed. Fair,
1: fair, yeah. <laughs> I don't
0: know, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, and and still need, honestly. Like, um, you know, I, I feel like, yeah, this this movie kind of allowed me to just, you know, um embrace vulnerability in a certain way mm-hmm. uh, but I still get those that vulnerability hangover if I'm not careful mm-hmm. um, so I don't know I'm, I'm currently kind of going through some some processing still you know 10 years later I, I'm probably I probably worse off frankly now than I was back then in a lot of ways but that just that's that's what life does to you I yeah, think
1: healing's it out linear so you know you just yeah. kind of go with the flow and see what happens yeah
0: yeah so oh well i mean um yeah we all kind of have different areas that you know come in in waves of uh you know feeling more comfortable and and uh you know other time other areas of our life that we we need to sort out at different times so yeah it's it's always you know a journey um it, i i love the arc of you know the into the unknown. I think since mm-hmm. the original "Frozen" "Into the Unknown" as a song has surpassed "Let It Go." Um, oh yeah. You know, if I mm-hmm. if I had to pick, you know, just one to listen to, um, you know, at random, I'd, I'd prefer probably "Into the Unknown." Just I don't know. It, it rocks a little harder for me. It's a jam. <laughs> it's definitely
1: a jam. Yeah, the um, beat that's in it is just. Like it just like gets in your head, and you're like, oh yeah. And and now when when we do the 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 ball events, that's the song that Elsa does now at the balls, and the kids singing along with it never gets old. They're just like, yeah, like it's just the cutest yeah. thing, and they do that the arms and everything, and it's just yeah, very adorable. But yeah, that's definitely I've noticed it not just with the adult enjoyers of Frozen, but the little ones as well seem to really have been gravitating towards uh, into the unknown for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, she kind of ascends into enlightenment, so to speak, and yeah, yeah. at you know at out at, at a Holland when she discovers you know she tames the knock and you know rides into the you know, mysterious cave and faces her trial, you know her, her Jedi Ooh, trials, yeah. and it's it's very evocative. And gosh, I mean, I, I love that arc for Elsa. I. I Just lament the fact that it's just so far from where I am personally, even though it's where I wish I was (laughs) like, I wish I were able to let go of things as Mm -hmm. um, effectively as she. Um, There's just, yes, uh, still, I think a lot of things in my life, frankly, that, uh, you know. I, I need to, to process, but at least I know that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't re- regret much. Um, so yeah. yeah like uh,
1: she can serve as some kind of inspiration. Exactly. Everyone's yeah. journey is like, it's, and the fact that, you know, she kind of goes up and down too. Like, it's not like, she'll be at the, the peak of, you know, show yourself, mm-hmm. which is that huge moment. And, yeah. and it's still like, there's still some like, um, a sense that like not everything is has been let out and it's just like, yeah so um yeah, which makes me curious about like what's gonna happen moving forward and in the next and the next uh and in installments of the story and where where things will will go from here. Do you have any inklings so far as to what you might think might be the direction they're heading in?
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess um you know, <sighs> I would probably struggle less personally if I could do magic, you know, and, and have cool powers and stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah. you know, she's, you know, it's like you got Gandalf the white, you know, as she's now Elsa the white, but I mean, it's yeah, like Super
1: Saiyan now. yeah. yeah
0: th- there's, there's still plenty of opportunity for her to explore her humanity and, and for there to be, you know, conflict and, um, trials that, that, um you know our our challenge you know pose legitimate challenges and stuff draw her back into the human world a little bit mm, um yeah. and yeah queen anna you know what kind of conflicts I, I you know um it's interesting to see jonathan groff's trajectory as an actor yeah, like he's a legit yeah. movie star now i loved it's
1: crazy i have Cab- yeah. knock at
0: the cabin or whatever yeah
1: oh yeah like i've loved him since like spring awakening glee like those early days, like I'm a musical theater kid at like my core. So like what, so here's the thing when he was announced to be in frozen, I was like, Oh my God, he's going to sing all these songs. He has this amazing voice and he has a one minute song. And I'm like, okay, cool. I mean, he sounded great on it. Don't get me wrong, but I was really, really hoping for more, but his performance, his vocal performance throughout the whole thing is really wonderful. I really like just this kind of rough and tumble kind of character and how you know these experiences that he has is kind of like shedded this sort of um exterior and kind of helped him find his humanity in a different way and and also like um when we move on to the second as well and just kind of the the inner turmoil that he feels with just different directions and his life is going into and like trying to express his feelings and vulnerability. And um, and of course his song there, that definitely made up for the lack of Christoph songs in, in the first. I was like, okay, he's got a, he's got an eighties ballad moment. I'm, I'm chill. I love it. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, whatever happened to Stantino Fontana? Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure he's I'm, yeah, probably, yeah, U of
1: M grad represent. I know. I mm. wonder if they'd, I mean, Hans has not been like off yet in the story. So there's a chance that, you know, he could dust himself off, pick himself up from, you know, his little ego trip that he took on and, you know, get his brothers in line and like stage a rebellion on Arendelle. <laughs> Who knows what might happen?
0: Yeah. I don't know. I, I, don't necessarily want to see him you know become this raging <laughs> villain in a sequel oh, it'd, be, it'd
1: be a lot i don't know if i'd yeah. be totally here for it but yeah
0: and we'll have to see how this new villain sits of mm-hmm. uh, the um chris uh, hemsworth no um what's the other chris pine oh, chris
1: pine um, yeah and character wish. and wish mm-hmm.
0: yeah um and yeah we ne- might not necessarily want to just you know parrot that for mm-hmm. a future frozen film or something but
1: maybe uh, redeemed hans
0: i i'm all for possible. that honestly yeah you know just like have him be kind of an ally uh, yeah. of arendelle he would uh, really have
1: to do a lot to to get back in the good graces <laughs> of, of the queens like i yeah ugh. yeah
0: <laughs> i i like that dynamic though Of like mm-hmm. nobody really trusts him but like you know, the audience is kind of clued into that. He just yeah. he doesn't have any alter. He's like over it. Yeah, right. Uh, but he's like, just like still, I'm,
1: just, I'm here for the vibes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: um, I don't know. Uh, I think, you know, I I would like to see some something fairly, you know, adult and mm-hmm. you know, not too, you know. I I mean I like the mysticism and stuff but I I don't want them to just keep it too small and oh and fluffy light and fluffy I guess hmm. yeah. um you know I I want to see like genuine conflict and and peril yeah.
1: mm-hmm. um and I know Jennifer Lee I mean she's so passionate about these characters they're like her children at this point and I I trust her creative vision to like you know, give some give some meat to the story, continuing it on, in, in a way that that serves these characters that we've grown to love, and that she's obviously like she's like basically their mother at this point. Like you know, it's just like, uh, so I am, you know, pr- trusting in her and her vision, and Chris Buck and everybody who's involved and who has been involved, especially from the beginning. And I would hope the Lopez's will be back for. Um, some more music who knows what might be cooking in store there but yeah
0: yeah uh i mean i i love the soundtrack for the second frozen um you know they they really brought the heat um so yeah keep keep the lopez's on certainly if they're down to do it um yeah i mean i yeah jennifer lee you know she's had much um Greater, I guess, uh, responsibilities at the studio since Frozen. I mean, I guess as of the second Frozen, she mm-hmm. had already risen to the chief creative officer. I think that's still her role, if think I'm so, not mistaken. Yeah. Um, so a lot, she, yeah, she's there's a lot on her plate, obviously, but I th- she would probably still be one of the directors on. Future Frozen films, I would think, because of her. Um, I would hope personal so. Yeah. <laughs> commitment to it, but I yeah, I don't really know like the inside baseball as much lately. Mm-hmm. I think Disney's been a lot more frankly, um, uh, uh, or less transparent ab- about what goes on at their studios lately. Right. <laughs> understandably. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um i don't know i really
1: did like the behind the scenes documentary that they did for for frozen two and wish there could have been a similar for the first um but and maybe they'll continue it on in the future who knows but i really liked seeing the kind of what went into it and what the creative decisions were and based on all of the uh many screenings that they had and stuff that needed to be reworked and just complications with the story because i understand that there were are plenty and and still to this day sometimes when I do events like kids have kind of had trouble wrapping their heads completely around everything that happened in Frozen 2 they were like okay so there was this and that and that and like and it's just kind of you have to just kind of explain it in a way that like kind of makes sense and then just move on and it's just it's it's complicated sometimes but but yeah I can understand because they had so many so many lofty ideas and things that really I would have wished to see explored in full but of course you have so much time and so much stuff to work with and um and so much that the studio wants to see as well versus what audiences might and then you know there's all these different creative forces being pulled in different directions and you have to kind of find the path of least resistance but still make something that you feel really proud of artistically and that feels true to this story in these this world that you've built and i i can't imagine how challenging that was like yeah oh.
0: yeah they they kind of i don't know <laughs> gave themselves just enough rope to to hang themselves <laughs> with uh with kind of the schedule to which they had committed for that i, I mean they, they did the same thing on the first one too yeah went mm-hmm.
1: oh that's so many reworks yeah long. yeah
0: Um, so, I mean, and I, I like Frozen 2 a lot, um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, what, what is the ultimate, I guess, thesis of the film, you know, it's, it's just not super clear. I I don't know. It's, Mm -hmm. I, there are people who appreciate the, I don't know, um, colonization, yeah, colonialism, I guess, themes and stuff like Mm -hmm. it, it doesn't shy away, you know, so there's some like, Definitely. um environmentalism
1: of, as well, I mean, yeah, yeah
0: um yeah, a bit of heft to to what it's trying to say, you know, so um that is kind of nice um, you know that it's not a sequel that's just obviously cashing in and and is not basically it's just kind of being phoned in. <laughs> they they're trying to do something. it's just not, you know, particularly. I don't know. Um, it's, it's not particularly solid, just because they didn't really have a solid foundation to start with.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. And I feel like that's the thing with the, the first one is so timeless, because it is like a story that like kids have been able to grasp so easily. And also, you know, there is that like beauty in its simplicity, but also there is a lot going on that is new and exciting and different for for a story like this. And, um, and, you know, they did have a pretty solid foundation to, to work off of, um, even though it diverted quite a bit from it with the, like going way, way back with the original Hans Christian Andersen snow queen. Like um, it was very, very loosely based, but um, I can see how they took a story with those elements and made something where it's like, this is a re, not even a reinterpretation just kind of a reimagining of a world in which a snow queen is a is, is a major player and like and there's aspects that are, come from the original story with like um there's characters named kai and gerda like the two oh, kids yeah. in the story and then uh, anna is basically kai in the story um and uh or or gerda actually yeah so um yeah it's it's interesting seeing all these things like see where they pulled it all from but also how they created something completely new and uh, and really memorable in its own right in its own uniqueness and and it's something that people continue to go back to and it's just yeah it's they they put a lot into that film and it's still um, still timeless to this day and I know it's um, sometimes people kind of look at Frozen and they're like oh it's kind of like overrated and whatnot but like I feel like people think about that more so as like the entity of Frozen and not so much of like sitting down and watching the film and maybe they'll think of like maybe this song might be overrated or just like the franchise is overrated but like I feel like as a film it doesn't like get talked about as a full entire film like it's more so people talking about the moment that is Frozen and not so much like the the beats that happen throughout as, as often I feel, but that might be just me, but yeah.
0: Oh yeah. There's kind of a weird thing that happens with certain uh, cultural phenomena. I think Mm -hmm. when when certain movies transcend into that um, phenomenal uh, category, I, and it almost reminds me like at the Oscars, you know, they, they've considered having an award for like, you know, best um popular movie. Oh, you know, I remember that.
1: Of I remember like, that. Yeah. Just
0: having the best picture. And they actually, I think, used to do something like that way yeah. back in the mm-hmm. day. Um, but uh, like my my thought is why not, you know, maybe have an honorary award for like the best kind of breakout, you know, cultural phenomenon. Yeah, I best guess. cultural
1: moment of the year or something real. Yeah.
0: Um, and and there are certain movies that you know they achieve that, and then the reputation afterwards is a is a little bit hushed. Maybe it's mm-hmm. there's not a lot of actual I don't know discussion of you know what the film itself was trying to say. So, you know what what even were the ingredients that created this um yeah. ecstatic mm-hmm. response <laughs> uh, but truly they exist and and i kind of like delving into that kind of stuff um you know so, sometimes with something like star wars you can kind of um uh distant you can project it onto something a little less maybe personal feeling like, oh, the visual effects were cool or what. Uh, But but Mm -hmm. when it's a more emotionally rooted response, I think people get a little like uncomfortable, you know, discussing why they responded so heavily to -hmm. certain films or certain phenomena. You know, I think of like E.T. or Titanic, like these movies that just had massive tales at the box office people just kept going back over and over again because there was just something about these movies that like impacted them um you know spiritually emotionally just like the the humanness contained within these these stories that, that were you know ultimately blockbuster epics but also just i think had a certain um personal touch um, th- that allowed them to just kind of penetrate a little deeper. Um, but but th- there seems to be a, a weird, yeah, like vulnerability hangover effect. Yeah, uh, yeah. Associated with some of these movies. I don't know. Avatar too maybe mm, like that. The yeah. cultural relevance wasn't really stated as heavily as, as certain other things. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, do, you, do you have you ever noticed how that seems to be an odd um uh attribute of, of certain of these yeah, films. to
1: some degree like I think I think for me though I am so entrenched in this world of like Disney fairy tales so like people are always talking about these characters I'm so I'm I live in that world but like outside of that world yeah I feel like it's not as often like well delve, delved into um but but yeah it it is a thing of like um it it does help to have like characters that people really can like see themselves in. And that kind of gets people talking a little bit more. I remember with like around the time frozen became big, like Buzzfeed was really big and everybody did those quizzes of like, what Disney princess are you most like? Like the Anna Elsa quizzes or whatnot. And so people started to kind of find like, it was more acceptable to talk about identifying with a character than it may have been before. And I think that, element of like that kind of started to bring people's um vulnerability up a little bit more or just like it was just more acceptable to like to even like animation like honestly like there was a time where it was just like people weren't really talking about it and it was like weird if you were the person talking about disney animation movies and you were not a child like (laughs) like i felt that definitely for a time Mm -hmm. and like you know after um after like maybe like in the mid 2010s like yeah around the time frozen came out it became more of like a thing that people legitimately were like on the internet could like freely talk about and was like and then there was just so many other things going on in the animation world outside of disney where um there's again like it just became more people felt more freedom to be able to talk about it i feel like so
0: yeah yeah i i felt that way i have very much i mean could just be my personal experience uh you know have uh, seeing things like frozen and feeling like it was more okay you know less taboo to kind of um to enjoy certain things or to talk about certain topics you know yeah, like it's just it's kind of been fun how, you know, animation has been become cool for adults again. Yeah. You
1: know? yeah. And let's keep that energy <laughs> up, please. Because yeah. it's amazing. We love animation.
0: We're we're kind of unfortunately, I, I would say maybe in the thick of sort of a resurgence of, of cynicism towards mm. a lot of cultural. Um, I don't know these the sort of um, mo- monolithic cultural uh, tent um, you know, Hollywood's kind of been um, releasing flop after flop. It's, right. you know, people are very quick yeah. to just
1: like, they see a trailer and then they're going to tear it down before a film comes out. I know I've been seeing that a lot with wish. Like, I just want to like it. I don't know anything about it but so far all I've seen is people being like her character is very much like Anna's like why did they just like copy that quirky like adorkable and I'm like but like have you seen the movie like I haven't seen the movie I don't know if that's the case that I don't know like it's just I think we live now like so it's good that everybody is talking about animation but also the double-edged sword of it all is that you just see a lot of the negativity come up first nowadays and it's just kind of that's kind of the annoying aspect to deal with where you're just like, dang, I just want to have a nuanced conversation and hear just like, I don't know, not hear the negativity first. Like, yeah, if we can disagree on stuff. That's totally fine. But also like, I don't know, give things a chance. Like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, it's, it, it was like we were eating well for a while and then yeah. <laughs> there was an inevitable uh, drop off just as I mean, I, I'm sure a lot of these companies, like they go through cycles of yeah, you know, people getting burned out ultimately because it is so labor intensive to generate these um these films, these projects, and I uh, you know the you can't keep it up just I think as a matter of um principle because. You just have to constantly innovate, and there is no one formula. So mm-hmm. if you try to stick to a certain formula, eventually it's going to, I don't know, wear thin somewhat. I mean, I th- I thought they had mostly cracked it with some of the principles governing, like the the Pixar studio during its run of, oh, of yeah. peak success, mm-hmm. like the, I don't know, yeah. The, I, and I, I guess, I don't know if there's a, a broad term I would use to categorize like the, um, practice of, you know, openness and candor, sort of the, the principles of just business structure and management within a creative industry that allowed for, uh, uh, at least an atmosphere of like freedom of an exchange of ideas um, and like the, the founder of Pixar, Ed Catmull wrote about this quite a bit. Uh, he, you know, he added that book, Creativity Inc. And and it's oh, fascinating yeah. to kind of fo- follow along with Pixar's success as an entity, as it was sort of implementing some of these ideas that, that were very inspiring. Uh, they allowed for conversation and all the story You know meetings and and for the best ideas to kind of surface and 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 Mm -hmm. ultimately allowed for like deeply layered and complex stories to be implemented into these um you know incredible visual spectacles that were the early computer animated projects from pixar and that eventually translated more and more into other studios and disney of course you know once um Eisner left you know they brought in you know Lasseter and Catmull to kind of shepherd the the core Disney animation studio um and then you you got the the huge phenomenal films like Frozen you know Tangled um just such a you know these innovative Mm -hmm. masterpieces I would consider you know Wreck-It Ralph uh, to me that's a very Mm -hmm. textured layered complex story um you know with a you know the american animation sheen to it so like um you know the, the, it's just very impressive that they were able to complete this run but it, it is ultimately just very t- a taxing industry and it, it requires a lot of work and a lot of commitment and i don't know uh th- that eventually uh, is going to perhaps burn out um mm. in some sense I mean, COVID, uh, we had that, uh, an opportunity for, like, a, a bit of a break, I guess. <laughs> uh, but then also, it seemed to accompany just a certain drop-off in either interest or quality.
1: Yeah, and then the strikes and whatnot with just yep. delays in and, and films and whatnot. And, yeah, I can tell that, like, there's definitely, like, a shift going on, but, like, I'm cautiously optimistic for the future just kind of <clears throat> hoping that people have like really taken that time to just like yeah. you know just, just do some some new ideas and things and just kind of i don't know i don't know what's going to happen but it's, you, it's exciting yeah yeah uh, what,
0: well elemental i mean that mm. was heralded as a disappointment upon release mm. but it it had actually a very strong uh box office tale yeah yeah uh and ultimately became a success uh Mm -hmm. I mean I thought quality wise it was sort of middling for a Pixar movie I really enjoyed it but you know people kind of impugned it for being overly formulaic and kind of playing up the Pixar thing you know the anthropomorphism and oh it's this thing that can talk (laughs) um but it, it, uh, like it managed to overcome the cynicism, yeah. You
1: know, it kind of came some... back around and had some, yeah. I know the reviews were kind of all over the place at first, but then kind of started trending towards the positive towards like kind of the end of its like release window, which was really fascinating to see, yeah,
0: yeah. So, uh, signs of hope, um, but yeah, kind of weird situation of like just analyzing trends when you have an entire year where things aren't releasing in into theaters and right yeah disney putting things directly to streaming i mean (laughs) there's so many things converging Mm -hmm. it's it's so i don't know it's too auspicious to just be coincidence almost just like Mm. you know the rise of ai the uh advent of streaming you know the glut of content. Uh, and then COVID-19, it's like the world just needed to take a break for a little while, clearly.
1: Yeah, some way or another. It was like, okay, universe says stop. We're going to stop for a bit and just hold our horses.
0: <laughs> and of course it happens just as, you know, Frozen 2's theatrical run is wrapping ah, up.
1: <laughs> yeah, like, right. Yeah, weird timing. Very you know, weird. El-
0: Elsa, yeah, she's getting, she's just achieving her, um, you know, bodhisattva enlightenment yeah, and, and like now Nirvana,
1: like reaching that basically but then she plunges
0: into the abyss immediately afterward and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, the world had a similar parallel you know in 2019 there were, i mean look at that year's box office it was just oh insane my gosh, yeah yeah end game you know we had there was a star wars movie that year frozen 2 oh my gosh that uh, was
1: what four years ago Jeez.
0: yeah i mean yeah crazy it's already been that long. Um i think there was there were i mean the first (laughs) look at it speaking of box office slops i mean captain marvel the first captain marvel came out that year and it grossed a billion dollars Uh, and then this new one it's just been Mm. (laughs) barely a fart
1: (laughs) yeah it's like what's happening yeah i don't know
0: uh, no, nah, but clearly, yeah, it's, it's just a totally different world and
1: different landscape. Yeah, yeah, just like, audiences are consuming media in different ways. And I think that's, that's really affecting how, how it's doing. And so well no. in, in the next yeah. film
0: anna will have a kid and she'll be uh who knows
1: yeah a, oh my gosh like it's an embattled be mother yeah. an embattled
0: housewife because that's how we're all <laughs> feeling nowadays
1: <laughs> yeah like projecting reality of the times we're in onto the story like it's yeah i yeah i wonder if they would do another short in between things like because because they used to do that a lot and like have like the Anna Kristoff wedding as like a little short or if it would be in the film or maybe not even in the film. It's just like, this happened, but I don't know. I I thought about that too recently. I'm like, Oh yeah, that, that will be addressed at some point or another, but.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, you can definitely tell the, the level of enthusiasm towards, I I guess, within the studio themselves uh, because yeah, I mean, they they pumped out a uh, short very quickly after you know the, the initial success of Frozen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's just been kind of uh What the the Frozen? Um, what was it? The Christmas special what was that all lost Frozen Olaf's adventure? Christmas,
1: yeah. Before I actually Cocoa. enjoyed that. Yeah, I, I really I, liked it too. I know it caught a lot of people off guard because it was a 22 minute short and at the start of Coco, which was highly anticipated Pixar film and one I love a lot. Um, but for what it was very sweet. I love the music in it. Um, I'm actually singing in a concert uh, for the holidays and we're ending it with when we're together, which will be very sweet. Um, and that's like stuck around. And to the point where like, I'm seeing the parks use the the Christmas costumes for Anna and Elsa for Christmas events. So like it has some kind of cultural, relevancy still that even for it being despite for it being just a short you know like it's something people still kind of identify and see the i i still see kids wearing the the outfits from the from that short more more so than the other one actually but yeah
0: that yeah that song always gets to me i i love you know there are two songs from just that short that i really Mm -hmm. like going back to and and should be christmas classics as far as i'm concerned yeah
1: yeah uh, bring great. in the season
0: when we're together yeah um yeah and even like the the olaf moment um uh, what is <laughs> it how, uh, what's the refrain in that song um na, 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 i
1: don't remember the words <laughs> something
0: christmas this year you know
1: that time oh, wait, of no, year that that's time it. that yeah. time of
0: year and like seeing all the traditions that i mean that's mm-hmm. fun
1: yeah um, even and christophe gets to sing again. Hurrah! That makes me happy. It's short and sweet, but yeah. Any anytime Jonathan Groff gets to sing, I'm like, yes.
0: Yeah, he sings about like the the troll dude. <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah, his 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 troll tradition.
1: Yeah, they get the like, <laughs> troll lore in there. I'm like, they sn- stuck that in there too. I'm like, okay, yeah. this this short had a lot going for it. Like, yeah, it's very sweet.
0: Um, and then there was a weird interquel short about how Olaf i don't know brand he i guess how they discover him out in the cold oh
1: yeah Uh after
0: he got created by elsa i guess uh did you do you remember that much about that
1: Mm, it's Uh, not ringing a bell that was okay was that uh
0: Um, i'm just gonna double check and there were like during covid a bunch of like oh yeah the Olaf presents Olaf shorts.
1: yeah the yeah. um when he was telling all the different disney stories
0: <laughs> oh yeah but then there was once upon a snowman
1: oh uh, okay yeah it
0: was a three minute 40 oh. second short i think or uh, unless this is just a trailer here i think that was like a full like seven minute short okay and it yeah. starts elsa's singing let it go and then she creates Olaf.
1: Oh, but you know then... what? Yes, I do remember this. <laughs> it, it took a second, and now I'm yeah. like, okay, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yep. Uh, a series of unfortunate events befall yeah. him to take him to where uh, Anna and Kristoff discover him in, in the tundra. Uh, yeah, well, it's been really fun just kind of chit chatting on on some, you know, frozen nostalgia. Uh, I even before coming on watched the new Ghostbusters trailer because I hadn't seen that yet. Oh yeah, the Frozen Kingdom or whatever it's called. Oh. <laughs> I, did. I I? I uh, yeah, I saw like an a teaser image for that. I was like, what in the world is this? Like a video game or something? Uh, but oh, Frozen Empire, Ghostbusters, mm-hmm. Frozen Empire. But it's it's the sequel to the. Ghostbusters uh what was that what what was the the latest Ghostbusters movie called afterlife oh, no afterlife idea. oh okay <laughs> right gosh i mean i i follow like you know i i listen to just general nerd coverage you know in in the blogosphere podcast mainly so, like, I hear all the major movie news about blockbusters from multiple different sc- sources. So, like, even if I weren't a humongous Ghostbusters fan, which I'm not, you know, all of this stuff eventually crosses my radar. I just ha- hadn't yet seen the trailer. And I'm, I'm pretty indifferent when it comes to trailers, frankly, because, you know, I, I'd almost rather go into a movie knowing as little about it as possible.
1: Yeah, I'm the same way. Yeah, I did the same for I started that with Frozen. Like, I yeah. remember hearing a little bit about it and how, you know, it was this new kind of Norwegian take on the Snow Queen. The Snow Queen is a story that I grew up loving. And like, I had like an anthology of Hans Christian Andersen stories. And that's, that's one I would go back to a lot. Um, So I wasn't sure how, like, close it would be to that. But I just was like, you know, what, I'm gonna just like, avoid everything as much as possible and it made me enjoy the film a lot more like I just like the songs hit a lot more um I remember thinking that love is an open door was going to be like this Rodgers and Hammerstein style like love duet like um because Santino Fantana had just been in Rodgers and Hammerstein Cinderella um no and it was more kind of this like pop-up beat kind of thing and yeah that surprised me and took me off guard and, and Uh, and then just hearing adina who i had idolized since like you know like the rent wicked days and and moving forward like as a disney character i mean i obviously she wasn't enchanted before but didn't get to sing in that just like the first time i heard her sing in the movie like in like uh the beginning of um in, in the middle of for the first time in forever i was like oh my god it's elphaba but she's different like it's elsa like ah Yeah. So it just I love doing that as often as I can. Just kind of like fresh, like just freshly, just kind of no expectations, just vibes. Just try to take it all in. Yeah.
0: Have you gone back and listened to her song in the second Enchanted? Oh,
1: yeah. Love Power. I am the second Enchanted. I feel a lot of things about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of a mixed a <laughs> mixed bag for me. Just because I love the first one so much, and the team changed a lot internally with the directorial, um, the, even the costumes, like a lot of like the music, like it was a kind of a different team essentially who made the second one, and that was kind of evident to me. Um, but I think the performances, as always, were just really really top notch. Like it's like those actors know what they're doing. The, they sounded amazing in the singing of it all, and giving adina a chance to shine like yeah i'm here for that in general
0: (laughs) yeah i mean you're inevitably losing something when you're sequelizing something you're turning Mm -hmm. it kind of into a product into an iteration and and it's just so easy for that to feel hollow um, yeah and and kind of cynical uh, yeah, you're just trying to kind of cash it. I mean that that was always the, stig- the stigma toward sequels yeah, until <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: you know, until it became a little bit more mainstream to mm-hmm. serialize major motion pictures, um, which didn't really happen in a in as serious a manner, you know, as it is now um, until like the, the late '70s, you know, or Maybe it was the the mid, you know, the Godfather Part Two was yeah, kind of the first mm-hmm. serious sequel.
1: Yeah, um, people really took and were like, oh, okay, this is a legitimate film. In fact, a lot of people like prefer it to the original like mm-hmm. or whatnot, or just they like it a lot and it's on par, but yeah.
0: Yeah, and then you had like The Empire Strikes Back, of course. And, yeah, yeah. You know, the mm-hmm. Wrath of Khan. Uh, yeah, I don't know, a lot of uh, these
1: like really powerful sequels that leave an impact with people and people don't view them as sequels but like a continuation of the story proper yeah. and it's like this is where the action happens or this is where this is where things are really get going or yeah. whatnot and yeah you, see,
0: you had like the bond films but that mm. was that was kind of like you know a, an episodic tv show but with yeah. the scale of an uh-huh. action you know blockbuster hollywood film you know so th- there are always ex- exceptions that prove the rule but yeah in general it's just you know you can't it's inherently not going to be original if it's mm-hmm. a sequel and and that comes with certain baggage of is you know is this going to even feel like it's worth my time if uh if you know these artists are kind of hogtied because they uh, they have to kind of recapture the magic of something that came before Um, you know Mm -hmm. it's just such a kind of a a limitation Uh, but you know huge incredible creativity can result from limitations
1: yeah yeah Uh,
0: I don't know I I guess uh, there's a certain cynicism that can be associated with you Know news of a uh, frozen three, and of course, a frozen four. <laughs> it's 4. like, oh gosh, <laughs>
1: like, Disney,
0: ah. you're just trying to cash it, you know. But whatever, I
1: mean, they're doing <laughs> the same for Toy Story, Toy Story, what four and five are in development yeah. or something like that. Like, well, five and something more than that. I don't know, it's it's wild, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: And Toy Story four got a great reception. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's definitely a quality story. Um, you know, whether or not you feel like the you know, intent is ultimately uh pure, you know, were the intentions pure to make a Toy Story for. Uh, sh- I mean, sure. I mean there's a germ of inspiration in every story. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I yeah, I'm I'm down for anything. I mean, I, I've I want a frozen game of thrones. I mean, oh, but yeah. <laughs> that's just like <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's kind Even of the, the cliché.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, to, to just totally um, blow out all, you know, you know senses of scale and, and to just make everything into some kind of huge fantasy epic. And it's just, yeah, um, that, that can work for a while, but <laughs> hasn't always succeeded uh, and and certainly for Game of Thrones, um, you know, mm, you could argue yeah. the success. Uh, ultimately, um, like the the latest, what is it, Lord of the Rings series? Like I oh, I sat yeah. through that and I thought it was okay, but you could tell it was like it felt a little bit, uh, yeah, like obligatory, or mm. you know, it was <laughs> it was trying to, um, you know be a lord of the rings rather than right and hit all the
1: marks and yeah you know mm -hmm.
0: um and let's see with like harry potter you know what Mm. they're they're gonna attempt to you know create a a series which i i'm sure yeah um will succeed if they really commit to it you know whether or not it's it's super good quality um i think you know just as long as they make it, there'll be people who watch it. Yeah. I would think. Uh I'm down. You know, it's H- an HBO or you know, I guess Max. Um uh well, well the HBO is still around as the the network. So I think that's the idea. It would be like, you know, uh, an HBO series. Mm. Um, but the each season would be would be one of the Harry Potter books. Oh. Um so like I'd be totally down if they get someone to really flesh out the the plots and just really capitalize on the inherent intrigue and kind of um crazy interwoven um uh, you know not messiness in a, in a bad way but just like <laughs> the the conflicts and stuff that that um that those books really kind of delve into um but yeah with uh with something like a disney animated project uh i think that we could get there <laughs> but we'll
1: possible. see possible no, nothing's i don't know you know you never know what they're gonna pull out so just yeah they just have always there's always something cooking in the in the disney studios where they just um and sometimes they'll like announce something as like blue sky and you're not really sure if it's gonna happen or if it gets shelved. like there's been a lot of projects that were kind of announced but like kind of fizzled off but also stuff that kind of came out of the blue and you're like oh that didn't i didn't anticipate this to be a thing but it's it's a thing now so yeah yeah they're keeping us on our toes that's for sure
0: <laughs> yeah i don't know that there, there have always been things that have really surprised me and just how impressive they were able to pull something off um i oh, like this um hunger games prequel i'm oh, i'm certainly yeah. a You know, not a Hunger Games enthusiast by any means, but I I really enjoy this new uh, Songbirds and Snakes film.
1: Yeah, I'm excited to see it. I'm a big Rachel Zegler fan. Like she's, I mean, musical theater person here and also she's our new Snow White as well. So it's cool seeing her just, I mean, get hit after hit after hit. Like she started with West Side Story and just was like booked and blessed going forward. I think she did like a a Shazam sequel, and then she did um she did this, and she has Snow White coming up, and I think she has a animated project coming up as well. Like she's just and straight out of high school. I'm like, girl, wow, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, makes sense. Like it, her it's her co star who. Is in the new Wish film.
1: Um, oh, Tom and, Blythe, is he? Uh,
0: uh it, it, it begins with an A. I, or what's her name? Oh. The actress uh, who plays.
1: Oh, like Ariana DeBose. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she was uh, Anita in West Side Story. Yeah, and is playing yeah. Asha. Yup, she's right. very very talented. I, from the um, Hamilton, and was she was the bullet quite literally, um, and uh, and then was in a Bronx Tale. Um, has done quite quite a lot on Broadway and um, just is a really impressive talent just vocally and also I mean we don't get to see it in Wish but is an incredible dancer as well but yeah
0: yeah. So I really enjoyed how they incorporated music into the new Hunger Games film too yeah it was yeah it's just impressive all around um so yeah a lot of rambling of course The 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 requisite <laughs> um <laughs> uh shambolic uh tangents mm. no um we'll we'll wrap it up here laura I, I think in uh pretty soon um i guess the last couple points i just wanted to get to um i mean we, we we've covered everything but um oh, oh. <laughs> mm. uh I, I, I was gonna mention I've I've been catching up with Mine Hunter too. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, Jonathan Groff. So get to see him. I mean that was kind of a surprise. Um, like I don't know. He he really stood out in in that, and I think that's what helped get him a lot of his um, on screen roles in a sense. Uh, wouldn't you agree?
1: Yeah, I think he's really been coming into his own, um, yeah, just been expanding kind of the types of roles that he's been doing and just like his he's his reached a, a wider audience than before. It's, he's not just like a niche theater boy now, like he's like the mainstream you knows about Jonathan Groff and like, I mean, obviously Hamilton as well as like that was a big, big moment for him too. But um, yeah, it's just been, it's it's just been cool seeing what he's up to. I'm like always, always here for some Jonathan Groff. <laughs>
0: well in yeah, certain projects certain performers certain uh actors like they they just sort of organically you know generate a, a following or or uh, an elevated profile and there's just yeah. no predicting you know what's going to do that you know uh, rachel ziegler on ariana dubose like mm-hmm. um you know they've Started, I'm sure, with fairly inauspicious beginnings at one point. And now it's like, yeah, they were able to capture a, a moment that resonated. And yeah, Adina, too.
1: I mean, like, well,
0: certainly from rent
1: days definitely OG, was yeah. just, yeah, like started from not a whole lot, like, you know, just going to open calls, like that. that's the life I'm living right now. Just like, you know, um, so it's like, it's inspirational, aspirational to see performers who kind of had you know these sort of humble starts and just kind of like skyrocket into to um superstar in a way and it's just like oh man this this actually does happen huh
0: yeah with Groth it's like uh there's hope for vanilla white guys everywhere <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah that just the the rise of a phenomenon and, and sort of an unexpected one with mm-hmm. frozen. I, I certainly was surprised at just how um ubiquitous it became yeah uh, but I certainly understand it as a, an enthusiast um because yeah, yeah it, it really hit hard um so where where would you put it in sort of your Disney oh, Canon yeah I haven't
1: thought about ranking because I really. So, for those of you who don't know, I am like the Little Mermaid is like my number one of all time. I was on the the episode about Little Mermaid. I could talk about that forever and ever. But beyond that, I haven't really ranked a lot of my my Disney tops. Like it's like I would put it's probably in my top five. Definitely, I don't know where though. Like I because I have like Beauty and the Beast up there, Enchanted's up there um and a few other ones that I I they kind of float in and out of my top 10 but like Frozen is definitely like in my top five that's for sure just don't know where the placement is and I think it switches on given occasions but um it's one that I mean as soon as I saw it I just really resonated a lot with it and just um like just the different characters of course the music um having I mean I I say this a lot as a performer of both Elsa and Anna. Like, I mean, Elsa, Anna's kind of the protagonist, but also kind of gets drowned out with a lot of the Elsa stuff. But, and I loved for her to get more love. I know sometimes when I do events, everyone's kind of going to Elsa and we love Elsa. Don't get me wrong. I am a huge, like Elsa is, helps me be seen as somebody who exhibits a lot of similar traits to her as somebody who also doesn't need a love interest, or maybe has different sorts of love interests than a typical Disney pro tag would. You know, you don't. People have kind of theorized as to what she. Yeah, that's a whole thing. But um, and I can relate to that on many levels. But um, but love yeah, an it's an open just door, kind of, shall we yeah, say? Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, it's definitely something that, um, it's yeah, just really, really stuck with me as just like a. a a new kind of uh, a new kind of Disney princess or Disney princess archetype that has been built from these two characters and their relationship and the the sister relationship for sure. And then going forward, seeing how new characters have been kind of uh, inspired by them or have taken a similar uh, taking a direction that has taken off from them in a way um, that's been really, really neat to see. And just yeah, and then the whole point that I always go back to with um with the Disney princesses in general or just like the yeah, Disney Protag, the girls in particular, but how it isn't just like there isn't just one right way to be your own Disney princess. Like there's so many or queen as it is in their case now. Like there's just so many you're you're valid if you're if your personality is one way or another, or if you exhibit certain traits that are, are maybe not as mainstream, or just I don't know, it's just it helps a lot of people be seen a little bit more. Um, and and we get to see these characters interpreted in so many different ways with the Broadway, with the face characters, with the just various different shows that exist of, of them, and just I mean, obviously, character performers and whatnot, and um. And you, who knows if we'll get a live action. I've thought about that as well. I'm like, yeah, probably. I, I don't know. Yeah.
0: Oh, oh, gosh. Well, I'm not going to think about that right now. <laughs> I, I It's interesting to see a certain perhaps heel turn potentially from, oh, yeah. uh, you know, a historically heroic character. I, I would you know, maybe Anna would be interesting as like a, someone who... Sort of goes, you know, ape on a rival kingdom, you know, who's oh, antagonizing right. Arendelle, yeah. you, know, you know, maybe Wesselton, you know, he he's sort of an irredeemable kind of punching bag. Yeah. <laughs> so he, I, I wouldn't mind seeing him come back in some way mm-hmm. a, as as a true, like literal mustache twirling villain. <laughs> uh, that would be kind of fun, honestly. Yeah. Uh, and maybe Hans could come back to assist Arendelle. You know, um, mm-hmm. he could maybe be a double agent, you know, earning Westleton's trust, but reporting back to Arendelle. Disney, we have
1: ideas for you.
0: <laughs> I, I'm a full <laughs> listener. <of ideas>. <laughs> I love the idea of like, you know, Elsa being able to create like a lightsaber sword out of ice Ooh, or something. Yeah, Sweet.
1: Know. <laughs> step into her power some more. Yeah,
0: but like with stories lately, you know, uh, carolina snow you know yeah Mm -hmm. he he is the main protagonist of this new hunger games film but of course we know how he turns out and uh Mm -hmm. captain marvel in the latest we know that she went off and kind of wreaked havoc on the cree uh home world Mm -hmm. uh so it's like yeah some of these characters can be really complicated and and that could be really interesting
1: yeah yeah and yeah, it also, it also makes me think of, like, if we'll see... Because there's so many reimaginings, reinterpretations of Frozen, like, maybe down the road. You know, now that we've had a new Little Mermaid, maybe there'll be a new, like, kind of Frozen, where it's just, like, yeah, do it, like, with the, the, the people. And, like, if there's new music being added, if they'll add stuff from Broadway. Like, it's something I've thought about, definitely. Just kind of bringing into the, the live, yeah.
0: I want... I definitely don't want them to depart too heavily from like the, the theme and Mm -hmm. consistency, you know, the tone, I guess, of, of the, what has come before. Like I still want it all to fit within the world that was established with the 2013 Mm -hmm. frozen film. But if you want to just kind of, uh, you know, allow certain more mature style stories to be told within that world, I think there's plenty of potential to to do so. Um, and and definitely um just you know, don't treat it like it's uh, <laughs> it's an entirely different franchise, right. Um, yeah, now that we're kind of going coming into a new era of I, I I mean, I doubt anything create coming from Walt Disney Animation Studios will feel like a, a, a tremendous departure Uh, Mm um but what would honestly feel like the biggest departure is if it were kind of a light and fluffy story centered around you know olaf and the trolls i guess one thing that would really you know put put a nail in things um in a good way is like uh you know reindeer they only live like maybe oh, 10 no. years or
1: <laughs> i didn't think about that oh <laughs> you no know, they don't
0: live that horribly long as oh, in terms of lifespan yeah. so like in the next I mean, movie it's yeah. just dead you know? or he's oh, old and he...
1: dealing with even more grief yeah like, my goodness well, yeah. well oh my
0: gosh how old is because because uh stan or er, is yeah is there when olaf's he's just a kid. Little,
1: he's really little when Kristoff is little and so, then they kind of grow up together. I would guess they're both around like 18 ish. Well, yeah.
0: Yeah, Sven's a little younger than Kristoff yeah. at least. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think um in Frozen 2, Sven's about as old as a reindeer I have to could look possibly. Up how long
1: reindeer live. The life expectancy I, I did of that. reindeer.
0: Yeah, I did it at one point And I thought, yeah, it was maybe more like 18 years, oh, 18 15 to 20. 18 to 20. Okay, mm. yeah.
1: Dang. Well, so, <laughs> well,
0: so that'd be some intense stuff. I, I was intense, yeah. Well, wow. well, anyway, um, because yeah, they could definitely just take it full camp and have it be just, uh, you know, what's a ultra light and fluffy, I don't know. I'm trying to think like Camelot. That's that's oh. kind of serious, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. Or is that more campy? I it's but just like
1: kind of both. I think a lot of Golden Age musicals, they start out. This is a thing in a lot of them where act one is like the most beautiful saccharine stuff you've ever seen in your life. And then act two is like when stuff goes down. I think of like Sound of Music as like a prime example of that is like, oh, the Nazis are here now. Like it's yeah, it's. But like act one, we're just like, you know, sauntering around Salzburg and having a a grand old time. And it's just, yeah. A gay old
0: time. (laughs) I guess that's the point of musicals though, that like just such a wide range of Mm -hmm. tone that you can achieve. So I guess that's, I guess that's the ideal. Give give us the light and fluffy, but.
1: Balance it out. yeah. Yeah, add some high stakes, you know, it's sometimes a story doesn't feel like it's a full story if it's just kind of, you know, just like what well, kind of what's the point? Like, what are we all? Yeah. What is this all leading to? And so, yeah, we're, we're I, short
0: a few icicle impalements.
1: <laughs> I remember when Frozen came out, and there was the the teaser between um Sven and Olaf, and I thought the movie was going to go into kind of more of that light and fluffy. That's
0: exactly yeah. What so turned I, me I, off? Yeah, yeah,
1: I didn't know what was going to happen and what kind of character Olaf would be like. If he was going to be like the most annoying thing I've ever seen, or like. Maybe not, and I was like really endeared to the snowman. I was like, okay, they managed to make me really not annoyed with the snowman. I'm really surprised how they did that, how they pulled that off. But and it made me really like emotional when he's about to melt. I'm like, my goodness, like, yeah. So they struck a good balance there, and I really would like to see that retained in any other further, uh, frozen, frozen journeys that may occur. Yeah.
0: There we go. We we solved it. All right. Well, that was cool. And Laura, you're Minnesotan. Correct? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh Wow. Born in, and, and well, bred. not born. No, <laughs> oh no. But, okay.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> um. Yeah. S- same here. Like we're so we're both recording in, in Minnesota. So that uh that's a bit of symmetry with the uh, frozen connection too. So
1: uh <laughs> nice and frozen up here
0: yeah we, we not yet vibes. though
1: elsa has not really made a huge debut there was some snow on halloween but other than that it's been pretty pretty dry like not as much not as much frozen fractals going on over here
0: <laughs> all around um well i think uh anything else you'd like to add before we sign off
1: um, not that I can think of. Um, happy ten years to Frozen, and yeah. we'll see where the rest of uh, the rest of the next ten years and going forward will lead us in these journeys with this world and these characters. And yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I've loved where it has everything that's been going on in the past ten years. It's been, it's been a really lovely journey so far. Yeah,
0: <laughs> very much into the unknown, if you will, and. Um... Yeah, but Frozen Three. I'm sure we'll be here before we know. It. I mean, mm-hmm. I guess the the I guess most um, definitive thing about hearing news of Frozen Four is that it means we'll at least, for sure, probably be getting a Frozen Three. So <laughs> I <Yeah>. guess uh, <laughs> a silver lining there, because uh, I, I I'm I'm all for returning to Arendelle um, sooner yeah. rather than later. Uh, I mean, of course I could do so physically if I, yeah. Uh... <laughs>
1: if you go to Hong Kong, Hey, <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly. on my, that's on my bucket list. And I'm like, please take me there. It's been some cool stuff coming out of there with the, they have a troll, uh, that's like a puppet that's meeting guests and they have just so many characters. Um, they have Oaken, he's, he's hoo-hooing everywhere. Just, you know, uh, we love it.
0: <laughs> Fun. Um any social media to, uh plug?
1: Yeah, I am at Lara Akal on uh Instagram and TikTok, and occasionally you'll see some some frozen related content on both. So um check it out if you like princesses and Disney and animation and theater mm. and whatnot.
0: Um you you are a character performer in various contexts. So what um I guess You've been both Anna and Elsa multiple times, nope. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. What was the most recent?
1: Ah, uh, most recent was probably I was Queen Anna actually uh, nice. for a Halloween party recently. That was the first time in that costume, um, and first time kind of revisiting her character post Frozen Two, which has been some fun. Yeah,
0: yeah, very fun. Um, course uh, yeah, and and you you did a oh yeah like a. Performance of when we're together. Um, that's coming
1: so- up, yeah, in December. Okay. And right. and I've been auditioning for Disney all the while. Um, they've called me back for Elsa actually a couple times for, um, to be a lookalike vocalist uh, as well as a couple other characters. But that's kind of been as close as I've gotten in the process. But we'll see what we'll see what the new year brings. I guess. But yeah,
0: fingers crossed. Um, yeah, thank you, Laura. This has been just yeah, truly. Uh uh thanksgiving blessing um uh, to be able to chat about frozen uh and uh for, for you having the patience to to Thodcast, uh for as long as we've been on here so thank you uh thank you and um you can find the thoughtcast at thawdcast.com at Thodcast on uh instagram and and what i like to call uh, twitter x uh just because it sort of um a, uh, parallels i mean the other you know elon musk endeavor spacex you think you oh, yeah, uh you know <laughs> X in
1: the wrong yeah
0: <laughs> capitalize on the motif or something you know twitter x <laughs> they at least uh you get the best of both worlds, <laughs> which is kind of a, a dumpster fire, regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, no. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's it's just it's a tool. Like it's uh, micro blogging. You you can post you yeah. links and thoughts and you know tweet. It's like n- tweeting will never go away. That's like.
1: Yeah i'll always be saying that that's what yeah. i it's in the lexicon for yeah and it's gonna stay there for a while i i assume well
0: there's that new platform called blue sky and i guess oh yeah the, a post they refer to there as a a skeet which oh. i really like <laughs> it's kind of fun a skeet uh,
1: <laughs>
0: like like your skeet shooting or
1: something oh dang
0: <laughs> you know a clay pigeon um <laughs> <laughs> but anyways um oh, yeah at podcast and find you know social media but you can find me at philip elke uh i don't know you can find the spelling for that i guess in the show notes if you really desire um yeah frozen fractals all around <laughs> um well and of course we always sign off with the, a frozen reference here but um yeah uh well thanks laura um i guess I'll, I'll see you hopefully sometime soon talk more animation on on the podcast. conversations about animation or block but you know well, anything with a high production value nowadays has an element of animation or there it could just be the yeah. yeah the the animating force that motivates us oh, to uh yeah more to tell stories
1: metaphorical interpretation of it yeah
0: it's it's really just whatever the heck I want to talk about, sure, uh, or you, anything you guys recommend on the chat.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, thanks for having me. I, I'm definitely looking forward for more, more fun talks on all all, all of those sorts of things. Yeah, uh,
0: yeah, I'm sure we'll have an episode coming soon on Wish. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. I mean the the new Trolls movie is maybe oh, yeah. an interesting
1: different kind of troll.
0: Uh oh yeah like uh an an interesting artifact just because of like the end sync of it all but uh
1: yeah forgot about Um, that Uh. uh,
0: we'll see and in the meantime uh have a magical day uh have a wonderful week warm hugs